0: Welcome one and all to the Low-Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith, and as usual, I'm joined here with Tim Malloy and Aaron Lanton. and today we're going to talk about the film starring Brian Tyree Henry, um, entitled The Outside Story, which focuses on an introverted, recluse video editor who finds himself locked outside his home. And during this, he goes on a journey and finds more out about himself and the world around him, I feel so what overall, what what were you guys' thoughts of the film? Like I and mean, don't you know bury Tim's- the lead,
1: he has a, a girlfriend that um he's well, excuse me, an ex-girlfriend at this point who um, you know, she's coming to pick up the keys, he locks himself out and can't even get that right.
0: Right. That is that is a big part of the story, too. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah. went through a breakup. Part of the reason from his breakup from what it seems like is the fact that he does not interact with people outside of her and outside of what what happens inside his home. Like, I guess with the delivery delivery guy and stuff like that. So. All right. And for those who have gotten this far, it is spoiler time. We are going to go through the whole
1: thing like we do all these movies in tv shows so um from here on out if you have not watched it um uh, definitely check it out it's available um, on different streaming services such as prime uh right now so definitely check it out if you're interested in seeing a movie all right so um with that out the way um keith i think you you were gonna start with tim I, you know before i cut you off and added that point about the girlfriend um where
0: we where did you want to start now, I was gonna say I know Tim was the one that suggested this film. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, 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 what? Um, made you want to choose this particular film?
2: Honestly, I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't know that it existed. And then the writer and director of the film, Casimir Naskowski, everyone in this movie except for Brian Tyree Henry has a difficult name to pronounce. <laughs> uh, but Casimir Naskowski wrote a piece for us for Movie Maker. And it was just such a good piece. It was just really, really good. And I liked his voice and I liked the way that he told a story. It was really brisk and breezy and fun. And the story was about how difficult it is to shoot on rooftops in New York city. You think that's going to be easy, but mm-hmm. it turns out that's incredibly complicated with permits and with just the actual shooting itself. Sometimes you can't mm-hmm. get a camera up on the roof. And that made me just want to see what this guy um, put to film. And i found the film really charming i mean i watched it with my wife yesterday it felt like a good like sort of rom-com of the sort you don't see that much anymore it's not high stakes at all i like the idea Mm -hmm. of a movie
1: i love that
2: the stakes are just a dude locked out in his socks um and there were like multiple points in the movie where we went well maybe this is going to happen like maybe there's going (laughs) to be you know some kind of drama maybe this will go in this direction or that direction and then we thought, why didn't you just call a locksmith? And then they solved that problem really quickly where he's not allowed to call a locksmith. His, uh, That's grandpa. very New
1: York, by the way. I know a lot of people that are like, why wouldn't you just call a locksmith? No, like you're actually not allowed to, in many cases, <laughs> as a tenant.
2: Yeah. So just like, it was just just a step ahead of us the whole way. and um, But also like not a movie where you're watching it and you're incredibly tense going, oh no, how's Donnie Brasco going to get out of this one?
1: <laughs> <It's a> relaxing, <laughs> fun. yeah normally with something like this there's like the girlfriend got a job is about to move across the country or like you know like there's like something that happens so it, you know i mean there's a circumstance where he could lose his job because he can't get an apartment and, and complete his film edit and send it off um i can't wait to talk about what he does for work in a little bit that is the most cruel job uh yeah but yeah i, I think like you said it's it's got some fun things in it about like finding ways to build you know stakes but they don't feel like earth-shattering but it still is engaging yeah right i think that can be hard to pull off sometimes but i thought one of the most impressive things about the movie is just all the characters we meet and everybody feeling like they fulfill some sort of role like if, if they're present with you for more than a few lines then they're gonna play you know, a part that makes sense and won't feel contrived and like, you know, they're just simply being used as a device to get from point A to point B. You know, I I felt emotional resonance to some degree with each of the
0: characters that we spent some time with. Yeah, which story should, you know. I don't know why for some reason uh, this this movie reminded me of um A Christmas Curl. Okay. I, I, it, well, more because it's like, you know, every every story to an extent has like some type of moral or something that it feels like that the, that the, that the artist is trying to teach you. And, and we, we see him meeting all these different people. Like you said, like all these different characters, they play a part into making him kind of change his mind, you know, and view the world in a different light than what he viewed it at first. Yeah, um, And that, that's what I, that's that in that way, it reminded me of a Christmas curl, you know,
1: hmm
0: yeah that totally makes sense
2: uh yeah. Aaron, if you want to talk about what he does for a living i've actually kind of done what he does for a living <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so basically his his job as a video editor is to create um kind of homage videos for people what do you call them? post homage post yeah, post your post what's i'm like, the word. <laughs> like what am i looking for yeah so um videos are basically kind of do a deal of departure to someone who's still alive like you just need it ready like you can't wait until you know oh my god some of the names they had in the folders were so funny because the people weren't dead yet <laughs> but uh
2: straight up name names they had woody allen in there I yeah they had jeff bridges in there which was messed uh, up because after the movie came out he announced that he was dealing with some medical stuff
1: oh my goodness um I, sean connery I, in there
2: yeah they explicitly mentioned i believe Lindsay Lohan, right
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were like, because they, they asked, who's the youngest person you've had to do one on? Dude, I, think the like is,
2: I, I worked at the Associated Press when they definitely had an obituary written for Lindsay Lohan, like when she was having a lot of trouble. Oh, and I I'm feel sorry. like, I, I feel like, by the way, Lindsay Lohan has dealt with a lot of substance abuse stuff. And I think it was really fucked up when people were, you know, treating it like a joke. Um, but, you know, AP just took the approach that, we're not rooting for her to die. We don't wish anything bad for her, but a lot of bad stuff has happened lately and we will be ready.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an actual industry, which I got to admit, just don't think about it. it like, it's not a well, not I didn't,
0: I didn't think they would be doing it before the person actually dies, though. Well, you kind of would have to, though. Like, you had to treat it, you know, like when... um you're watching a sports game.
1: If you ever look at a recap, you're like, damn, it came up 15 minutes after the game ended. They're writing it while it's happening. Like basically if a team's down 20, they're like, it's the fourth quarter. Let me at least start getting my, my stuff ready. Like, we kind of know the tempo it is. Now, if somebody comes back, you like deleting paragraphs and, you know, but you know, it's kind of like how the sausage is made. Like it looks like it's fast, but it was kind of halfway cooked already.
2: They call it prep. Um, if you hear that someone is sick you absolutely start writing the prep because it's sort of a respectful thing you don't want to make a mistake in the moment you know 15 minutes after they die when you're racing to get the story out
1: you yeah a lot of people when prince died for example it took them a little while to get this stuff out because no one expected it you know
2: i believe i wrote prince's obit for the rap i think so if i didn't write it i wrote another story really quickly and it is incredibly frenzied, like how do you appreciate someone like Prince that quickly? Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you just like put it in perspective and also successfully break the news of what happened and be sensitive about it um, and not treat it like, you know, you, you can just say he died, uh, here's what time he died and things like that, but that completely misses the momentousness of what happened. Um, but I know, I, I wrote Pat Morita's, for example, uh, which there was not preparedness for, and it is not fun. the, one
1: that like, the I wonder if is, someone's done Stevie Wonder yet.
2: I almost promise you there's one out there, because uh, he's another momentous figure. Uh, I know there was a great one for Kurt Vonnegut that was in the AP archive for a long time. And I don't know if anybody's read Slaughterhouse-Five, but every time somebody dies in Slaughterhouse-Five, it says, and so it goes. Ah, uh, that's pretty cool. There's a line where he goes, you know, he was killed. And so it goes. And Kurt Vonnegut, the last line of his obituary said, and so it goes, which was so beautiful and so good. And then when the obituary actually ran, I guess whoever (laughs) was editing it wasn't a Kurt Vonnegut fan. Yo, oh my God. I was like, come on. This is one of the best obituaries I've ever read.
1: Yo, I would be livid. Livid, I say. It printed (laughs) without this. Oh, I'd be so mad. I mean, you could do that. Like, if it's just like, all right, the website, I right, who saw it first, all right, they missed it. But that's in print. I'd be hot. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. Um, but you know, th- th- this gets to one of the things about the movie, and it's like it's brisk, and I-, I like a lot of things about it. And it's like one of those things, like you know, well, I wish this was in there. I wish it w- this was in, you know, not in there, whatever. Um, even they even just spent just a little bit of time speaking to so ron tyree tyree henry's character's name is charles and i wish they had just mentioned like hey this actually this job is partial was giving charles like this anxiety and this feeling of you know but kind it might of like not be Doom. yeah like, it might not be that we I, I don't and maybe i missed it i never really got the um understanding of what made him kind of turn in on society i mean I'm an introvert, so I get that in general. Um, but, you know, we, we do have to, if we're going to have people who are in our lives who are not like us, go outside occasionally and and talk to folks, especially when Corona's not happening as an excuse. So I, mean, I was just curious to see that, but I don't really need it, but it did make me wonder if, if the job is one of the things that kind of led to, you know, getting into that kind of mental state.
0: Right. I mean, because they do mention... Like his um, girlfriend's job, this, um, the girlfriend's played by Senequa Martin-Green. Correct. Um, she, uh, part of like why she fell into to this whole thing where she fell in and, and cheated and made out with another woman was part because of the stress that she deals with as a lawyer. So we see what her job does to her and how that affects her. I think just like what you said with um Charles, with the Charles character, I don't think it's needed as much because I mean we, we know it's people that's like that, you know, that's just that's well and,
1: and she hurt. doesn't say this outright, but Charles isn't giving Isha, so Siniko's character an outlet to So she is a lawyer for, for families that have issues with the state, and particularly right. she is being taken away out of families, and she really believes in that work. And really puts herself in it. They you know that's the impression the movie gives us. And you know, she the when they're in the car and they're having a flat. Well, he's having a flashback about the moment she's like trying to get him to go out, and he's just really resistant to any any discussion about it. he's like, you know, well, when we hooked up, I remember you saying you ain't want to go out. I well, I ain't want to go out, and that's that's how it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. You know, like why, why we gotta do that? We don't need other people. And you know i've definitely at moments wanted to <laughs> say that sometimes as an introvert myself but first of all it's not realistic anyway um and you know my wife is not an introvert she is very much an extrovert um and that was just always gonna be something that i needed to uh be willing to you know um occasionally get out of my own way but i like getting out of mean people too it's just you know as he said, you know, it's like sometimes there's a certain fakeness about it and this and that. And everybody knows what that's about. If you in New York, if you've been in New York, you know all about the fake conversations. Somebody asking you how you uh, doing so they can talk about themselves and name drop something that probably didn't even happen and all this stuff. Yeah, it's, that's so
0: common. Like,
1: well, there's like- you.
2: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna add that maybe that's part of also where his anxiety comes in because he did mention the fact that he had been working on a documentary for five years. It yeah. hasn't been finished. And oh, yeah, you know, yeah. people keep asking him about it. And that might that might be something to add to it, you know. The fact that he's he he really they don't really talk to talk about it ad nauseum, but it seems that he has had higher. Aspirations than just doing editing obituaries, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like I heard somebody say, "Nobody goes to L.A. to to shoot commercials." Yeah, nobody goes to L.A. to wait tables. Or, you know, yeah, I mean, but even not even wait tables, but you're in the industry, but you're doing commercials. You know what I'm saying? Most yeah. people come. Not saying that people don't come there to do that, but the point of it being is being said is that. You a lot of people come into those places to be filmmakers, you know. Yeah. The same way as that he's not, I'm sure his dream wasn't to do video editing obituaries. He wanted to be a documentarian. Right.
2: Yeah, it's the curse of the industry adjacent job where you come there to be a director and somebody's like, Hey, can you, you know, do cinematography for commercials? And then you're like, wow, this pays really well. Like, I could definitely do a little bit more of this while I get ready to make my movie. And then you just fall into it. You become
1: and, complacent.
2: Yeah, that felt very realistic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the movie, the the characters we meet in the um, sort of things that they have going on, whether they're problems or not, you know, they feel... Um, Authentic to that moment in that area. So Keith, just to be clear too, so they're in Brooklyn. This area of Brooklyn they're in is almost certainly like right around like where the kind of like the center. What we consider like almost like a downtown area of Brooklyn. So that's like next to the barclay Center, where they have all these brownstones and. Yeah. Did you think like Fort Greene? Did you think like Park slope Like where? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is because um I know, like, I used to be in that area all the time. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it. it's unmistakable once you've seen it um, in a lot of ways, uh, d- especially, like, the way the the front of the brownstones have that. Um, they each have the little areas where you have, like, a garbage can and they're inside the gate. Like, there like, are other places like right.
2: that. Say that again? Like, by Prospect Park or?
1: Yeah, yeah, over in that area. So yeah. I think, you know, I, I could locate, I could see it in my head, and it, it really did kind of feel – you know, like you were living in that place. Like, you know, the people you see, the the stores, the, just the vibe of the area and the kind of people that are there. So Keith, uh, yeah, they're, they're being funny, ha ha ha. But yeah, there, there are people at random who will just show up to meet with strangers to, you know, have relations with each other. And they're just whatever, they're they not tripping.
2: There's a New York Times review that says that the headline to give you the flavor is The Outside Story Review, Brooklyn as no one has ever known it. And then they write, um, uh this is a toothless version of the city where disputes between neighbors are solved without a single swear word, where confrontations with police are resolved over a sandwich. Even the streets seem scrubbed of grime, color and texture. But honestly, I don't know. When I lived in Park Slope for my blissful year of, it, it was the most cozy, comfortable friendly place i've ever lived in a lot of ways i mean it's like it it was like too comfortable it was like yuppie paradise
1: yeah i i would just want to get on the soapbox for like 30 seconds about something yeah because i was curious about what people said about this movie the reviews are like all over the place like you know but i saw this same complaint repeated a few times about like the fact that charles gets locked outside a brownstone and then a cop comes and says something to him and they just ex- almost ex- expect the cops to just start busting at them. Is immediately just, and I'm like, that's not how interactions work. Like every time you talk to a cop, it didn't turn into you know a shootout or a beatdown. Like that's not how that works. And it also oftentimes with with cops I noticed in different areas depends on what they. Just looking at you, the sort of clothes you got on, how you speak and how you walk, and like it seems
0: they choose don't to pick you, up on. Don't you think sense. also the ethnicity of the cop might make a difference too? Sometimes I mean it could, but the I thing mean, is, she was a she was an Indian woman, so
1: oh, but she she was out there busting folks on those. was uh, busting with them tickets, man, <laughs> killing with the tickets, <laughs> boy. They don't like that. You better move. So okay, so here's the thing: well, she's not a
2: homicide cop, you know. She's she's not like a detective. I mean, she's handing out tickets. So she what? said
1: drivers are criminals too yeah <laughs> damn it and uh the thing is it, it, and so this is another new york thing sometimes then honestly you don't want characters who live in new york explaining this because it would kind of there's no way to do that to make any sense but essentially when you're in new york and you're parked on the street you have to be parked on either the left or the right side depending on the day of the week and if you're not you get a ticket because the street sweepers need to come through and clean the street so that's like this whole thing about like why they keep talking about parking a certain place because there's no parking yeah, in new park. york especially not in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is just like, you got to just find a spot and then just cross your fingers and, and you hope your shit ain't gone like when you come back to get it.
2: When you get to New York, you need to go and sell your
1: car. Yes, seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you're to this, you're considering going to New York, do not take your car with you. Do not take it. It is going to be a pain in your ass. You're
2: going to pay a ridiculous amount for a car rental every time you go anywhere. Still better than having a car.
1: Yeah. Or at this point, at this point, I would assume you can just kind of Uber your way around stuff. Like if you're at a Costco, can you put your stuff in the Uber? Or something I, like that? I think you can do whatever. Yeah. New York. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I did whatever. Anyway, we get we get off track. But I'm <laughs> just <laughs> thinking about it now. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I I really, really enjoyed um probably my favorite character is Elena, the little girl. Oh, genius um, yeah. piano player. Um it was weird like there are different moments of this movie very simply will make a shift in tone but it's not like it's abrupt but it doesn't feel like it's breaking the film Mm -hmm. because everybody's reacting the way you would kind of expect people to react like charles is kind of like almost he's so out of it emotionally i feel like like he he's just like intruding on, on, you know, his neighbors, well, Andre, um, his neighbor's orgy all the time. yeah. And, you know, kind of like, and even blowing up the bathroom, that was funny. Um, <laughs> but even like when Elena lets him in, yeah, my thought would have been like, Hey, I want to use a charger, but can you ask your mother if I can, you know, <laughs> come in and uh, he's just not even thinking, he's just doing stuff. And the mother just going off and, you know, then he realized Elena has a place. She goes upstairs. Well, it's going to on the rooftop to yeah. kind of um, just chill out. And, and it's interesting to hear you, you know, uh, mention that, how uh, Cashmere talked about those scenes because, you know, I feel like through the difficulties, they they found a way to make it work and and really kind of showcase, especially like that skyline. Like it is really cool. Like most areas when you get um, up there, because most, the, most of those uh, buildings aren't, they're about the same height, most of them. So rarely is it like you get up top and it, your view is blocked. So I, I just really kind of enjoyed that scenery too.
2: We went um, back about a month ago. We just went to New York to just, you know, go to museums and go to Central Park and stuff like that and get a change of pace. Mm-hmm. And cause we're in Boston right now. And I forgot and just didn't appreciate New York is beautiful. It isn't just it a is. because, you know, there's all the people and all the activity and art and theater and all that. It's actually just naturally beautiful. Like the trees are beautiful. The parks are beautiful. The buildings are exquisite and just walking around there you just feel inspired it's a it's a wonderful place and I think that gets missed a lot and I think
0: that's I think that's the thing like because New York just looks overwhelming to me yeah but then I I also think of it like how within big cities there's always like these small like little pocket communities and stuff that's an amazing place man and that and I think I, if i had if, like if i lived in new york and i had just this one little place that i can just stay in this type of community i' probably just stick there because i do that here in dallas really i don't mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. like going downtown with all these damn people i stick to my area if i you know and, and the people that's around me here um I mean, so because I, I, because to me i think a lot of it even with charles character i feel like i i just picture myself if i was in that situation if i was in a city like that i would be overwhelmed but then again i've never really lived in a city of that size so yeah it's kind
1: of it's kind of crazy honestly
0: um yeah. also what did y'all think of uh, the old lady sarah i love her yeah, she, she was cool yeah she, she was goofy i think uh-huh. i think every character has something to say about love in some type of way well more so forgiveness but love in general what do y'all what do y'all think about that? what do y'all think this film is trying to say about love? That's what I wanted
1: to, to ask you guys. I think that's a, a good uh definitely a a theme that would be good to explore because I I you know it's like do I agree with what it's saying and what do I think about it in general? Like so the movie seems to be saying to some degree that one, like if we lay it out flat, jealousy is a good thing in a relationship. Um uh, kind of keeps the flame going.
2: It means you're invested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um also that you know it is possible to forgive um and and move forward, even if your significant other has, has you know, had a a I moment am. of yeah, made made a mistake. How we put these things? Yeah. Um, it's and in, in the thing is, like, I don't know how much I buy it. Like, I, I because I don't know if the movie earns the way the the forgiveness happens when we see
0: it. Yeah. So what throws me off is the the jealousy thing, right? Like, for example, so when I think of jealousy, I think like, you know, like where. You see your you see your girl, you see your wife just talking to a guy, you get upset. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or even if she say something about somebody famous, you get upset. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like me, I'm I'm just personally like that. Even me and my girl, sometimes when we out, we play um, Mary fuck kill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all playing <laughs> Yeah, and and it, and I think from doing that, it kind of brings down like that that though like that feeling of like. Feeling jealous and stuff all the time. We just cause because we understand that the other person is gonna be attracted to other people the mm-hmm. same way that I'm you're gonna be attracted to other people, also, right? Mm-hmm. What well, really I, makes me not buy it is with his character, he talks about how he feels, how he gets jealous, and then he feels like this and this and that. We have no other situation to verify that because his girl actually cheated on him. It's not like you yeah. see another a situation where he just blows up because she's talking to somebody. Like she literally cheated. I think it's natural for a person to be upset if someone cheats on you.
1: Yeah, I think the the <laughs> problem is like you said there it's weird like talk about jealousy. Jealousy is a different thing than someone actually cheating on you.
0: Yeah, because when someone cheats on you, I think I think of it like this um I heard what's that woman I that had that show Ayana von Zant. Yeah. Anyway, she has a show called <laughs> Fix Your Life or whatever, but she oh, was on the Oh, great oh, show. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So okay. she said something about cheating that I thought was interesting. I might butcher it a little bit, but she had mentioned, she said that when people get in a relationship, you have to understand that y'all make an agreement with each other. And the, part of the agreement is that y'all are gonna be faithful to one another. So if a person does not live up to that agreement, then they are a dishonest, disingenuous person. It has nothing really to do with you. That's something on them, right? So I think you doing something like cheating, which is considered, which I also agree with her, I consider it to be something dishonest, is different from having, you know, feelings of jealousy from time to time.
2: Yeah, I would say as a person who is very happily married and has zero interest in cheating and considers myself lucky to be with my wife uh, and determined not to fuck it up. um,
1: (laughs) All the disclaimers.
2: (laughs) Let me just get all that out of the way. I do find it weird when people are like, you kiss some other person once it's over, but they're willing to tolerate a lot of other stuff. Like you have no motivation you <laughs> um, you agree to do things financially and then don't like you're putting our family at risk with th- with certain behaviors um, i can't so, wait till
1: um, tim watches un- insecure uh, <laughs> you're really I get I, a kick I, out of that
2: <laughs> I, I just think like um if you're going to cheat the way she does it is probably the most forgivable way like yeah. a one-off Thing that didn't even go that far, and she admitted it.
0: Yeah, and she told him because it would definitely. that that does translate different. Yeah, if you you know you just find out on your own. So what did y'all think of the
1: moment when that that, that it one of the last scenes were like he's struggling with the movers to not let oh, that, was out. Kind of,
0: that was probably the most intense
1: scene of the movie. No, yeah. no, it was definitely the most intense. I didn't. So I was just like, okay if you really want to take it, you can, you can do all kinds of shit from right here. And I just wasn't sure it was going to take the happy ending. I just was not certain. Yeah. Yeah. um, I didn't
0: think so. Neither. But
1: I I think, well, well, because like, I wonder, okay. Like how does the movie actually change? Cause okay. So there's a couple of things. So, when people talked about feeling like they were missions, missing some of the social things, oh, this guy, like one person actually wrote that joke that got brought up, like, hey, bro, you don't tip and I don't make a living wage. They were like, and I was waiting on them to talk about how we need more pay. And da, da, da. I'm like, this a God, wild damn joke. It. it's a lot of fuck. But, but, but so <laughs> the one that I just wanted to say, that didn't bother me. What did bother me was when you do stuff like that with character, though, like actual character things. So, like, the idea that, he has this great relationship, and I hate we didn't get to talk about her performance more uh, with Sanuta, uh Mani as Officer Slater. Um, I thought that was a really you know fun role, and I thought she did a great job with it. Hi. The idea that Charles asked her out on a date, she rejects it and is like, "Nah, you just got no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, you still fresh off your thing. No, I'm not doing that." And then she sees, uh, excuse me, Isha, and she's like. Yeah, it's just a friend. It's just a friend. But I just kind of was like, I kind of like, I wanted something else to happen because we would had that moment of him asking for a date. I don't know. Like, it it felt like there were opportunities to do things. It was just like, let's just go ahead and get to the happy end and don't even complicate it.
0: I I think, um, I think what it, 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 it switched. What's the word I'm looking for? Almost like a red herring, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it kind of was. Even from watching the trailer, I said he's gonna get it with um Officer Slater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like I just I just knew it, you know, because you know, knowing romantic comedies, these are how these things turn out. Okay, Friday. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I like that. I like that she had said what she had said. I did too. I did because like that was that. realistic. And then she, what did she say after that? She said, "Um, guys can't but, have a female friend." Like yeah, you know? like Lord, for, Lord forbid if you have a female friend. Like, why can't that just be what it right. is?
1: Like, and if it's earned something else, all
0: right. But like, damn. And I and I think to me, and it, this just this just how if I wrote it, it. W- but then again, if I wrote it, the themes would have been different. Is that I would have not had ended it with them getting back together, because now. But then, but then at the same time, I think one of the biggest parts and what they're talking about when it comes to love is forgiveness and just. Loving a person unconditionally,
1: but so, right? the, but, but what I yeah. thought, what, see, it would have hurt that, like, if I'm writing it, you know, you know how did you get to love your characters? You know, your characters taking you on your journey, they go where they go, and sometimes it's not up to you as a writer. You just need to write it out the best way you know how, in the, in the way that feels right for what you're trying to say. Yeah, one of the things that would have been really interesting is if it took that theme of forgiveness, but also combined it with the fact that it's not part of forgiveness is also like not forcing things and and respecting the other person's view if they're not ready they're not ready you know yeah because she was like it's too late it's too late but he was so desperate in that moment it's almost like she pitied him and went went along with it that's what it felt like when it was happening it didn't feel like she was doing it because like it not just pitied him but was concerned about what could happen if it continued if it went further
0: yeah and it's almost like there was a certain realism to the movie to a certain point as far as like character interactions up until that point and then that's when it's like oh, okay we just gonna wrap it up with a cute little bow and this yeah that's uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah,
2: I know if I wrote it a hundred percent I would have ended it with them going back into the apartment and then us wondering what happened when they went inside
0: oh like, wow which absolutely
2: which is so, cool it's- but we would have missed that like sort of set piece of the movers which they honestly could have like played for even more laughs like they kept it pretty grounded
1: yeah i i, I like everything that's in there i just you know and again i don't I, I don't dislike the ending i actually it i walked away feeling good you know. Yeah. Um, like all right, cool. like I I am rooting for this character, and I feel like he's gonna grow no matter what. I just didn't want him like getting in trouble, you know, yeah. when that moment was happening.
0: I think I think just based off how the movie how it plays off everything with the characters and the plot as it moves forward, I think it to me it would have served better with them kind of parting ways, but him learning still learning that lesson at the end. Yeah, I, I also would have been a better. And also, yeah. it was just kind of like one of those things, well, I guess I related to it because, what was it? I think, what was it, like two or three years ago, I had a, a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and looking back in it, on it once, you know, once you get over the whole, you know, morning phase, breakup stuff, you just start to spend more time with, like, other people. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, because when you're in a relationship, you spend rather you realize or not, you spend at least about 80% of the time sometimes with the person that you're with, Mm -hmm. you know, so you spend more time with them than you spend with your guy friends sometimes and some of your other friends. And I remember when I was single, man, I met some, some of the coolest people in that time, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or I just started doing stuff that I didn't normally do. You know what I'm saying? Start doing martial arts, start getting out more, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, that would have
1: been cool if at the end we see him doing
0: more of that. Right, yeah, just him yeah. being more involved in life. And then you know. after that, maybe
1: they, they have a conversation after that, they close the door, you move you end the movie.
0: You know, or you know. Yeah, that could be good too. Or it's just, you know, or the, or, or they don't they meet just, again. And yeah, you know, whatever happens after. You know, or he he just spend more time with Slater as a friend, or whatever. It's kind of like or, you or, know, or become the fourth uh member of Andre's band upstairs. Right, <laughs> hey, I feel like that's, a, that's some freaky shit upstairs. But um, I was gonna say, like, it I, every time I think of romantic comedies, the first movie I always go to is The Apartment, because oh, I yeah. I know me and Tim talk about this a lot. I think The Apartment is probably like the best romantic comedy ever made. Still, never seen apartment. that movie. In oh, My personal opinion. So good. And it, and it's how good. it, you know, not to not to ruin the ending, but it it ends kind of perfectly though. At the same time. Mm-hmm. and and it, and it and it also ends in a way like you like okay do these people become friends do they do they get together you know mm-hmm. same thing with like another what well, classic is the graduate yeah we know how that ends with them on the bus and we just we left with like okay what happens you know <laughs> and and i don't know i kind of wanted something more like that but you know this is this a I mean the, the 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 writer, the director, he knew what route he wanted to go with with the story. But
1: yeah, I thought the second act was just super strong, and I thought the third act was yeah. pretty good. I just feel like it it, it ended in a, in a in a tone and in a in a way that was different from where the rest of the movie was going. I and like- I don't mean like like from a plot perspective, but like you said, just like kind of like you feel like more like this is really what would happen. It was like actually just didn't want to. Take it a certain route, and so that's why it ended the way it did. Right.
2: I felt like the way they acted it, it could still go bad.
1: Mm, Yeah, I I I think think so. Yeah, they're going
2: to give it a shot. So I didn't feel like it was like a fake, like, oh, I love you, I love you too, I'm so sorry, let's go smooch and walk into the sunset or whatever. Like, (laughs) like a you know, completely hokey romantic comedy ending that is unbelievable. And I also like when there's a romantic comedy, like if you look at like Austin Powers or something where you really want these people to get together and then they do get together. And then the next movie, they're just like, nope.
1: I knew you were going to say that, like had, it <laughs> begins with with uh, uh, her, her being a, a what do they call them? What kind of bot, a, a bot bot? then there we go, I was like, bot Oh my God, I'm talking Gun. about freaking uh, The Boys. I don't know why that's in my head. We just um, watched Gun,
2: and like Kelly McGillis and uh, Tom Cruise get together. And then you know that in the next one, Kelly McGillis isn't around anymore. Yeah. And what are they going to do? There's going to be like a picture of her, or she's dead, or something like Somehow, they're just, yep, yeah, she's a fembot. Sorry,
1: by the way, I, I know we need to close uh soon, but I do just want to say, my fate the time I laughed the most, and I did like a deep Wario laugh that I wasn't expecting was <laughs> the last time we're with Andre and that couple, and yeah. then he's like. Cause, you know they've stopped having the orgy <laughs> several times at this point and he leaves uh does for the last time and they're like yeah see we did that we're good people and i was like, like oh yeah, my I'm- god like i like that is so new york that there are people just like that that is Absolutely. ridiculous <laughs> i was laughing so hard i was like that is, god like that is that that that's such there's so many things in this movie that are just like new york touches that other people won't necessarily appreciate but they're so funny if you know in <laughs> those people, Oh my God. Like it's, it's, yeah, that, that was a trip. It um,
2: came before, but the piano scene, I feel like a movie is always looking for ways to elevate beyond the story that it's telling. And there's different ways to do it where it's like, it can be a big climactic fight. It can be just like sweeping cinematography or whatever to have that little girl go and sit at the piano and play this absolutely beautiful song out of nowhere it's something I've really never seen before, because in a musical, you know that they're going to sing a song and it's going to be good to have this little girl to sit down and play the last thing you think she's going to play and have it be so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I thought really elevated the movie and it was a really beautiful, really well done scene.
1: Yeah. And it's subtle and they don't spend a lot of time talking about it. But I think the other thing was Charles seeing her play that piano reignited something within him, too. You know, totally. Cause he's sitting there he's going through all these emotions already and he had seen how her mother treated her and she even mentions how like she loves playing the piano but she just it's just all the stuff about how mother treats her that like you know it's like a, a double-edged sword in some ways like it, it brings her pain also and I you know I think all through all the things that happened like she had the most impact on him that day right and um I don't know. I, I thought it was, it was a really neat touch, and I'm I'm glad that because the thing is, you could technically take any of these characters out, and the movie kind of can play in a similar way. But I feel like they all strengthened by having each of them in it. And I wonder if they cut anybody out. I just think that's it's really difficult to do that, um, and 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 not come off really contrived somewhere in there. But I thought they did a good job. The only time, so I feel like someone was in the movie that actually just kind of didn't need to be there was the moment when the two police came and they were like, you with the socks. We heard somebody was on a roof. Now, this does happen sometimes. Well, sometimes. I've seen this happen in New York. But it's just kind of like, in this movie, does it add anything? I just th-
0: didn't really yes. think it did. It kind of didn't serve a part. But but I guess it, it did when he... When he asked her, like, what did you say to him? And she said, I said that you were my friend. Maybe oh, yeah. just for that point. Mm,
2: yeah. I felt like it to, was a to way show for, that. it. Yeah. I mean, I, they made this movie last year. It came out in 2020 originally before a lot of things happened.
1: Oh, um, gotcha. Uh-huh.
2: Before, you know, the whole discussion around police really took off the way it did last summer. But I felt like it was a way for the movie to acknowledge, like, hey, we are in the real world. Like, this stuff does happen. In this case, it turned out, you know, happily. It.
1: Oh, and, a, and a co- another cop vouched for him.
2: Yeah, it turned out as well as it could, but we're not denying, we're, we're not acting like this is a totally rose-colored world where, you know, the cops get kittens out of the trees and everything is perfect and happy all the time.
1: You know, but, and, and I, I want, so I, I buy that, and I think that's actually a good reason to have it. And it actually reminds me of a thing that another thing I, I read where basically people saying like, why are we acting like that's how it would turn out? But at the same time, I'm like, damn, why like does every movie with a black lead have to to feel the obligation to do this? And I'm not, I'm not pointing that at this movie, but I'm saying like, when right. audiences or critics are looking at things, I, I just question why they feel like it's not only necessary for a scene like that to be present, but for them to go into some deeper exploration, it should take another 20 to 30 minutes just because we have a black lead, Like it didn't take all that. If they want to address it, how they want to address it that way? I'm fine with them doing it the way they did it. I didn't think it added anything to the movie, but I don't have a criticism of it as far as it being a social point they wanted to have in it.
2: I'm going to be really mean about critics now, especially younger critics, um, and especially critics who don't have that much of an outlet. You have this kind of powerless job. I mean, you're trying to influence people's thinking by commenting on somebody else's artwork And you're trying to have the biggest imprint that you can. And so you're trying to build everything up to be very important. And when you see a movie that might just be like a lighthearted, you know, optimistic, let me give you a break from all the darkness in the world movie. You have this tendency and I've done this for sure to blow it up into something bigger than it is and try to put it in social context and make your point. And it can be very virtue signally, right? It's just, it's, it's really fucking annoying to be honest. Like I, I, think, yeah. <laughs> I wish critics had like the maturity to just take a movie as a movie and have the security to just take the movie as the movie that it wants to be and not the movie that they think it should be or that right. people on Twitter will scold them for not scolding the movie. Yeah, that's it the big be.
0: thing. It yeah. Seems like. I think, um, that's part of why I just really stop reading reviews before I watch a movie because you know, sometimes it gets to a point you don't know, or I personally don't know if my view of the film is more so dictated by my own thoughts or the thoughts of someone else that eloquently <laughs> explain their own criticism about the film. Yeah. Um. So I prefer to watch the film first, and then if I do want to read reviews, I read them later on, you know, to see mm-hmm, what, what mm-hmm. other people thought about it from there. But yeah, you, you're right, it's just they just trying to find something. And sometimes just trying to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. You know? Yeah, that'll happen too. And you know, I will say, though, I'm kind of proud of us. We have
1: picked some damn good things to watch a lot in a row. <laughs> like we, we, have, we haven't we have had like a, a real just um, any coal in the sack in a while. I'm not looking for it, but, uh, yeah, but it's I don't been a while watching since watching, I haven't liked anything. I, I
0: don't mind watching bad movies, though, too. No, I, I don't.
1: Movies. Not that we should be on here, look, th- we're on movie maker. We shouldn't be sitting around trashing things. That's not what I'm saying. It's just more like we found things that I think have a unique perspective and are really trying some things and are they're just finding ways to um be unique onto themselves and not just like copycats. You like because that you can bump into that a lot just on by mistake. Yeah. Um, but I feel like these things all do have something that they're trying to say. And Man, just really, I I thought, I think Brian Tyree Henry has had chances to do all sorts of roles. I don't know how many movie leads he's done.
2: That Remember what we said about him with Beale Street?
0: Yeah, he was amazing. Uh Amazing. Just in that one scene.
2: Yeah, and then he's going to be in Eternals, I guess.
0: Yeah, he's in Eternals. I don't know. So, what's the tone of this movie? Is it like a, a comedy?
1: Like, because they got like a lot of <laughs> people from from that kind of world. Now, that's not to say they're not gonna, gonna really kill it. But I'm yeah, just curious. It's like, gonna, this is gonna be like a Guardians
0: I mean, of the Galaxy it's, it's it's movie. A, it's a Marvel film, I mean, I'm I mean, sure but Marvel. you say that? I'm sure but I mean, I'm Marvel? sure it's gonna be be somewhat somewhat dark with a little bit of comedy. I, I yeah. haven't watched a Marvel film yet that didn't have at least a little bit of comedy in it. So yeah i don't know Um, i'm curious i mean the eternals is like a really all-encompassing thing for like galactic kind of power let me ask y'all a question because this this something i've thought for a long time and i might just be it might just be me but i don't think i'd be that messed up if my girl cheated on me with another woman, like how he was (laughs) <laughs> I, you know I don't know I've never spent time thinking about it this I've movie never, did it brings it up
1: and I'm like hmm, I wouldn't be happy say, about it
0: I've I, seen it come uh, huh.
2: I, w- I went on a date with somebody once and she was like look I have to tell you something I'm bisexual and I was like why would I care about this in any
0: way <laughs> Like, okay, we could, <laughs> we could live the rest of our lives together and, and I never knew and I would have been good you know what I'm saying
1: <laughs> like yeah, like that that does not impact anything with us. So I mean, but thanks for telling me. I mean, it, like, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I do wonder what the conversation would be like if somebody was like, "What
0: the fuck? I'm out of here!" Like, hey, you you're gonna pay. You know what? No, no. You know what? You know what? you're taking the check. Damn it, bro. I just know me personally. Nine times out of ten, my girl said, "Man, yeah, I, I you know, I did something with this girl." Da 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 da. I think I initially be upset, but then when I think about it, I'd be like, did y'all record anything or like what? <laughs> hey,
1: look, So basically, he's basically like, he gonna turn to Andre. Like, look, not happy this happened, but yeah, we have an opportunity here.
0: Yeah. It sounds I- like there's something that we can use here. You know, if, if, if you <laughs> But look, Andre flew these people in. I have actually so many questions about that whole thing.
2: Uh- <laughs> uh, the best
1: it's so I love, funny. I love, them. I love the Norwegian characters.
2: Also, I also like that they give like a different perspective on jealousy.
1: Yeah, while the wife's sitting, well, I said the wife, do you whoever the the woman is, is sitting up there having the conversation while behind her they're making out. You know, and it's such a funny thing. Like, there's so many things about the movie that just are so goofy and, and hilarious. And he just, while she's giving him the advice, he's just like on the sex wing, just like, yeah, you're oh, right, I need to relax.
2: Like, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, this movie. Like, I mean, let's put it like this. That's not in any other film anywhere. That's that's the first, <laughs> you know? Um, at least in America. Maybe it's happened elsewhere and and people are just way more open and, and less conservative about sexuality than I realize. Um, but yeah, I mean it's this movie has a lot of things going forward. <laughs> sure. Um, but look, if y'all made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, give us a review, uh, you know, five stars, baby. And you know, written review if you like, you know, talk about how handsome Aaron is and how much you like the ASMR going on. Um Mm-hmm. also
0: uh keith please let the people know where they can find us on the social okay so we on instagram at the low-key pod and we're also on facebook cool well, some people like to call it the facebook My the Facebook. Yeah, obviously
1: that's <laughs> the old people like the nintendo yep. um anything uh that is good to preview tim uh coming up on movie maker
2: Oh, wow. Um, The Top Gun stuff I've been talking about uh, is on site now. Uh, I still can't
1: believe they're not bringing some of those characters back, but whatever.
2: I strongly recommend the piece that was written by the director of this movie, where he says, making the outside story, I learned one thing, shooting on rooftops is hard. Uh, He did a really (laughs) nice job shooting that or writing that.
1: It looked amazing. So (laughs) that's one thing.
2: And since you asked, I really enjoyed talking to the director of the new Saw movie, uh, Darren Lynn Bolzman. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies where critics <laughs> want it to be one thing and it's just not going to happen for you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and that's on the uh, Movie Maker podcast. When does
1: Spiral come out?
2: Spiral is out by the time people hear this. It's good.
1: Oh my god! Is it? Are we that close? It's good. Damn. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well that's exciting i really I, i'm very curious to see how they pull this off tim has not spoiled us on anything keith and i but um you know maybe that'll be the next thing we'll talk about we we'll have to figure it out but um so look forward to us next thursday that's when the next one will be out we'll find something interesting to talk about and until then we'll holler at you
0: peace